Okay, praise the Lord. But that's what uh, uh, the Bible in the Old Testament, Paul as well is talking about, as well as Billy said. And the second is for uh, the individual. And so uh, how does that work? How does discipline, whether it's your children, whether it's in the church, military, whatever it might be, how does discipline help the individual? Gordon? with God. Are we on? It's on barely. For me, what I've been going through in my relationship with God is uh, discipline uh, helps me to go ahead and do what God's called me to do and to, uh, like per se, set your face towards the cross. Even though my circumstances and everything around me is crying out to do the opposite. Okay, uh, someone else, discipline. When we discipline someone, uh, are you your children or in the church? Like I said, what, what, what's, what's the other aim of it, Elias? Um, I think uh, for me, <clears throat> it plays out in everything uh, in life, how you act, how you react, where you go, what you do. Uh, it's yeah, a that, form of that, but but uh, I understand what you're saying, but, but why... What is the aim in the individual that you're disciplining? Well, maybe so. And the end, they can be, uh, the Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go so they won't depart from it. I, I'm not sure I'm going to answer, but uh, I, I guess the aim is to make sure that we don't veer off down the, down the road and make bad decisions that can bring other stuff upon us, other judgment, I think. Okay, Angela, it's, it's for future reference. It's, as he said, down the road, and that's, that's on the right track. I just want a little more clarification. I was going to say, I really shoved down my kids' throats to teach them self-control. Like, you have to control everything in your life, and if you can't do that, it's a lack of discipline. So that's what I can Okay, do. it teaches self-control, uh, Guillermo and then Billy. Pastor, um, I think that discipline, like, you know, with my own daughter, um, it's, it brings correction to something that's wrong in them. Um, and one time I, had, I was disciplining my daughter. It was probably about a year ago. I can't remember what the situation was, but she was mad at me because I was disciplining her. She was telling me she, I shouldn't uh, discipline her. Gabe, and stop. What does Paul say about that? What does the Apostle Paul Uh he says something to the sore. I don't know verbatim, but he says that dis discipline never feels good at the moment, but in the future it breeds righteousness and something else. I don't know. Yeah, I said no correction, no discipline uh, in the present. It's grievous. This was what your daughter was saying to you. It's grievous. Um, and, but later it, it brings fruit of uh, righteousness, etc. Okay. One thing, maybe I'm wrong about this, Pastor, but I was taught that correction and discipline regarding the church, anyway, was designed to share with them a separation, a revelation of hell, and to establish hope. And one thing I've learned from you, Pastor, is that you also bring redemption when you bring correction and discipline. And that's what I understand church discipline as. Okay. Uh, Alec, you wanted to add to that? Um, yeah, the idea of discipline, um, 
is to let the person know that this is not okay, that this is not right. When you don't discipline, you don't deal with, you set the standard that what they're doing is all right. But when you discipline them, you say, no, it's not. Okay, that's true, yes. Uh, my parents always told me growing up that discipline builds character. Okay, that's true, Caleb, Robert. So we're all traveling through time at the same rate. And uh, if you're going on a course and, and you're making a decision, it's going to eventually lead to a destination. So discipline is uh, making a correction to your course at this point in time to avoid reaching uh, some disastrous destination in the future. Okay, that's very good. Yes? I know for, for me growing up, I had little to no discipline. And I think that when I got saved... Um, things were a little bit more difficult in learning about God's discipline, accepting correction. Um, I had to learn a lot from more of just my mistakes instead of knowing the benefits of discipline. So for me, when I discipline my kids, I think about my upbringing and my salvation experience and just these years that I've been saved. And I want my kids to, to be able to... Um, not have to go through such a hard time after salvation so that when they get saved, they can bring glory to God and, and be a testimony instead of have to spend so many years dealing with discipline from God. Okay, very good. Carol? Proverbs says, he who spares his rod hates his son. Your What's that? Proverbs says, he who spares his rod hates his son. Hates his son, yeah, okay. You, when you uh, discipline your kids, you're saving them from hell. Okay. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, Robert, Angel, if you get Robert. So let me make a statement before you get to him. And so uh, when you discipline, it's not about the moment. Did I, Angel, did I miss? Did I, what did I? Oh, oh, you guys fighting over who's going to serve. Huh? It's good. Fight over who's going to serve. Amen. Um, and so, uh, and so uh, uh, a discipline is not about now. It's not always about now. It's about the future, here and eternity. Discipline is not always about now. Discipline is, as we've heard say, uh, you're teaching what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, and you don't, you, the problem, and, and I'm talking about parents and sometimes even, we want to discipline when we're angry. You embarrass me. So uh, at home, uh, you're like a demon-possessed person. You, you trash the house. Your room looks like it's from hell. And so I take you out to eat or I take you to someone else's house and you break something and all of a sudden you've embarrassed me, so now I'm going to discipline you. That's wrong. Discipline is not just because of the place, and I understand, uh, but you need to teach it. Discipline teaches your children to respect things and people. They respect the law. They respect the value of things. They respect uh, people, and, and that'll keep them out of prison. That'll keep them, uh, and I understand they get an age. They make their own decisions. I understand that. But you, you put that in them when they're small. You I, I've gone in people's houses and, and, and it looks like uh, from about 
This far to the ground, it looks like a tidal wave came through. There's nothing. Because they've placed everything up high. So they can't, their child can't reach it. Well, you're not teaching them anything. And I understand if you've got something that's really valuable. Uh, you know, uh, we had a cat one time. I think we, we gave it to Scott. I can't remember who else. Scott and Kerry had it a while. It was a demon-possessed cat. And uh, uh, I think Josh and Liz had it a while. And, and, but this cat was smart. It would get Connie's chain, gold chain, and put it in the commode. Uh, it would undo t- uh, toilet, I mean, everything went in the commode, man. Uh, it would, if you had a water container, it would turn on the water, you know. It could open drawers. I mean, this cat was unbelievable. And uh, so uh, uh, we gave it away, amen. And Scott and Carrie, uh, they trained it and, and et cetera, and on down the line. I think when Josh and Liz began to have babies, they got rid of it. But who knows where it's at. But, but anyway, the... Uh, uh, my, my point is, if you do your children, if you just put everything, you're not teaching them self-control and restraint. You're not teaching them self-control and, and there's things in life that you can't touch. You're not qualified to be playing with that. That is not a toy. That has value. And, 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 and this will do them a great service uh, uh, in life, in their future. Yes. Yeah, my dad, he raised three kids by himself. And I had, I had a brother that was raised by my grandmother. And a, uh, my youngest sister was raised by my mom. And the thing is, my dad, for 10 years, 15 years, he raised us and he whooped us with a belt that wide and that thick. And he wasn't no clothes, okay? And we used to come home and we'd look around the corner, uh-oh, dad's home, you know? But, you know, up to the day that my dad died, okay, now my younger brother was raised by my grandmother, I'm going to see this, the one was raised by my grandmother dead now, and the one by my mom is dead now, and both of them died young, Okay. Me, my brother, and my, my twin brother, and my sister, the one raised by my dad, we, uh, we lead with the, uh, to learn how to respect authority. In the Air Force, I was uh, respected authority. You know, now that I'm a Christian, I respect you and other pastors, you know, because of the way I was raised. But the thing is, before my dad died, even though we used to go around the corner, look, oh, dad's home. When we got older and he died before he died, I said, dad, thank you. Thank you for those whippings, you know, because you didn't give me, whoop me the way you did. I would never became the man that I was supposed to be. Yeah. So um, uh, the, the thing is, is... Uh, uh, discipline has to be constant. And, and one of the tragedies today is uh, uh, you want to be their friend uh, rather than their parent. And I want to say uh, a, a grandmother, uh, it's more difficult to raise your grandchildren. Uh, and sometimes that happens. It's an it's a avalanche today. I've read articles of grandparents raising grandchildren because the parents are so incapacitated they're unable to. 
uh, it's difficult. Here's the problem. You're a mother. Uh, you're a single parent. You have to be the, the father and the mother. And yet this is a difficult role to fill. If you have a husband, if he's a good man, uh, this guy down at the, uh, you had your, your, you took your car in and he's trying to rip you off, your husband goes down there and takes care of it. And you can be a mom. Uh, in life, uh, the, this is God's design. He, uh, the man, he can come home and he adds in a dimension of authority that relieves you. But it's difficult when you're trying to do both. And, and, and even a single father trying to raise children. Uh, you're trying to be both, and that, that's very, very difficult. You need a lot of prayer. You need a miracle. You need the grace of God, and et cetera. Uh, but I don't want to get too sidetracked. And so, uh, uh, and so in the church, there's another reason that I don't want you to miss uh, uh, why we discipline. Same with your children. If you discipline them for an action... When they're tempted to do that again, they're going to remember, you hope, the discipline. Whether uh, children understand pain. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about pain. Uh, our, our children, they tell you, don't touch that. And, you know, and, and I, I never, uh, Teddy Ray's not here. I'll tell the story. Uh, Frank Cooper and I, we almost got beat to death one time. Uh, Teddy was small, and we had that parrot cracker. I don't know if you remember that cracker, that African gray. Teddy's learning how to walk, and he's going down the couch, and he get the cages there on the end, and he, he, he's trying to learn to walk. He's a little guy, and he kind of staggers, and he grabs the cage. Cracker runs down. Bam! Nails him. He screams. He's about to fall. He grabs the cage with his other hand. Cracker runs over and gets the other hand. And, and so he even looked at that cage almost till he was grown and he would run for his life. <laughs> and so, uh, so the, 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 the point is, and he's an excellent man today, uh, living in Germany, drops in and out in various heart churches around the world and et cetera. But uh, uh, the, the purpose of that, of discipline, is, is the, sometimes the embarrassment um, uh, the pain, the agony of, of, of what you've gone through is, is a uh, deterrent to future uh, strategies from hell. And this is what Paul is talking about. Uh, they're having to judge this man. We've read the story. He's having this uh, uh, affair with a stepmother, I guess. They're in the church. The Corinthians are doing nothing about it. Paul said, I'm absent, I've judged it already. And he says, the reason why we're judging this man, we're giving him over to Satan that his flesh, uh, he's going to feel this in the arena of his flesh. And if you read on later, uh, he did come to God evidently and was restored and et cetera. And so uh, the local church has the authority uh, to hold Christians accountable for their behavior. This is what discipline's all about. Uh, Chuck Colson, a number of years ago, he said, even pragmatically, no one would expect to join a church, which after all involves a free decision, and then refuse to accept its authority, its rules, if you will. Failing to attend a few meetings, one can be thrown out of a rotary club. 
failing to live up to a particular dress code, one can be dismissed from most private clubs. I remember uh, uh, Moody in, in Malaysia. He belonged to a, uh, the oldest golf course. Uh, his father, grandfather, had all belonged to it um, uh, in Malaysia. And uh, I remember when you went to eat there, you had to have on a dress shirt or if you played the course. And I can't remember somebody came home, one of the pastors went out there and they wouldn't let them play. Uh, but they did have shirts you could rent, amen, and put one on and you could go ahead. But uh, uh, this is, he, that's what he's talking about. Failing to perform the required community service, one can be thrown out of the junior league. Yet when the church imposes discipline, Denying the benefits of membership to those who flaunt its standards, it's charged with everything uh, and sometimes fascism. Uh, but shouldn't the church have at least the same right to set its standards as a rotary club? People who don't like it can and should go elsewhere. And so uh, the Bible gives a list of causes um, uh, that, uh, that brought correction in the New Testament. One of these was doctoral error, a heresy. Uh, the Bible talks about winds and doctrines that blow through uh, the church world. And we've seen these over the years. Uh, and uh, you, you have to judge these. You do it by preaching. Sometimes you do it by confrontation. Uh, today is the big uh, forever grace uh, uh, thing. And, and uh, it's, it's unending uh, uh, and I won't get into all of it, uh, the whole uh, hyper-Calvinism and, and on and on and on it goes. Uh, doctoral error, the Laughing Revival. Remember Brownsville and churches, is, especially Ron Myers right there, it split churches and unending because uh, they wouldn't uh, deal with it. Uh, rebellions, uh, those, those people that would uh, enlist um, and, and uh, uh, cause division in the church. Sowing strife and discord and division over and over the scriptures. Uh, and um, uh, someone get for me Romans uh, 16, 17, and 18. Who will get that? Romans 16, 17, and 18. Um, Caesar. Titus 1, 3. Uh, Who will get that? Garamore. Uh, Titus 3, 10, 10 and 11. Who will get that quickly? Bill. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. Uh, Who will get that? Caleb, if you'll get that. And then uh, uh, we don't need to read it. Uh, maybe 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 13. I'll just give that to you. Um, um, so anyway, uh, read Romans 16, 17, and 18. Did I give that to somebody? Yeah, you gave it to me. Oh, okay. Romans 16, uh, 17, and 18. Now I urge you... Brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Okay, contrary to the doctrine, Paul's saying, that I've taught you, that you've learned. Okay, go ahead. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ with their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, Deceive the hearts of the simple. Okay. And so he said, Titus 1 3. He's talking about heresy, doctrinal error. Titus 1 3. Uh, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Okay. Um, uh, t- 
Titus 3, 10 and 11. A man that is a heretic after the first and the second okay, month. Okay, uh, uh, re reject a divisive man. Go ahead. Okay, I'll read up there. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admiration. Okay. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinning and being self-condemned. Okay, uh, and so um, again, uh, this, is, this is, you read the Old Testament about rebellion, division, and et cetera. And then the third one uh, was unrepentant sexual sins. And so these three are the ones uh, uh, that brought discipline in the church. False doctrine, when they try to spread false doctrine uh, uh, over the years, there's been different, uh, uh, there's seasons. It'll come through. Uh, and then it'll cycle around again and come later and et cetera. Those who sowed strife and discord, division, rebellion, and then sexual uh, unrepented uh, sin. And we understand there's no perfect church, uh, uh, but these things have to be dealt with. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, there's another reason I, I want to point out to you. Uh, discipline or judgment has the ability to bring repentance. How many parents know that? You discipline your child, they'll cry, and they'll, they'll normally run, they want to hug you. And you need to hug them and love them. And so, uh, one of my, one of my uh, agitations is if we pull someone out of ministry because of some kind of a violation, or sometimes we have to put people out of the church for some kind of violation. There's two things. We're, we're, we're not wanting them to use their position in ministry to justify that they're okay. In other words, you re the hope is this brings a severity that I need to repent. I need to ask God to forgive me. I need to cry out to God. Because what have you heard? Let me see. I've probably said it a thousand times. Uh, if you don't repent, what do you do? And, you, okay, you justify it. And how do you do it? Okay, you create a theology and find fault, blame, etc. You made me do this, etc. But what happens when you move uh, someone from ministry? Now they can't use... Uh, the justification, well, if I'm in ministry, it must be acceptable. Remember the guy John witnessed to? Remember, he'd come here, he wanted to get in ministry. He said, man, I can sing. And, and no doubt he could. He went down the street and began to sing. He, he could sing. He had gifting. He had talent. He had ability. And so I think it was around Christmas or New Year's, John saw him Walmart or somewhere he's coming out. And he said, hey, I told you. You should have let me on the platform. I went down the street, and I'm on the platform. John said, well, what's this in your cart here? Here's, you know, here's vodka and alka beer and everything. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, that's my private life. Church is my public life. <laughs> right, John? Basic, the truth of the story. And so... Uh, uh, but you, so what, what you could do, see, if I'm in ministry, then what I did must not have been so terrible. It must not have even been sin, maybe. It didn't need to be judged. It didn't, I was, and so, uh, and they play that game of justification. 
And justification never repents, never accepts and takes personal responsibility for the bad decision, the moral, the rebellion, the, the sin, the, the, the crooked doctrine, whatever it might have been. They won't repent of that. And if you don't repent, you're not forgiven and you're not free. And so when you remove them from ministry, that removes that cloak of just, well, hey, I must be okay. The second thing is sometimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, second offense or, or whatever or other dynamics, you have to uh, put people out of the church. And again, this is to bring uh, uh, a weight that I need to repent and cry out to God. And what outrages me is some of these people go down the street and they put them, you know, in a week or a month. Uh, they're, uh, they're behind the pulpit. They're leading singing. Uh, they're on the platform. They're an usher. Uh, they're, uh, I remember uh, one woman was put out of here. I think she divorced her husband. She's living with another guy in the church. Uh, and they're on Facebook. Somebody showed me that someone left years and years ago. They're on Facebook teaching a marriage class. Uh, uh, in this church, and they're living together. You know, gee, see how lucky you are. See how blessed you are. Praise the Lord. So, uh, uh, so uh, uh, this is the dynamics. There's a lot of spiritual, di- and this is true of your children. This is this is that they'll grow straight. This is that they'll be righteous, Ryan. And Frank Cooper. Check, check. So I, I've been disciplined in the past in my life. And uh, I would say the true pain that came from it was the separation from church. And it brought such a weight that when I truly wanted to come to the house of God, I wasn't able to. And it forced me in that time to dig deep inside and figure out, okay, if I don't want to experience this pain anymore. And I I come from where I understand that there's God has a location for you. So it wasn't so simple to say, well, I'll just go down to the next church down the road. And so that also brought a weight, knowing that God has a location for you. And so it brought so much weight in my life that I was like, dig deep figure out what it is within me and get it right with God. And the easiest part, honestly, was asking for forgiveness. Apologizing, asking for forgiveness was the easiest part. But having to rebuild, rebuild on nothing was the difficult part to where I had to build a personal relationship with God and say, you know what? I don't want to experience this separation from you and your church again. I don't. It is the worst feeling ever, knowing that God has a location, and this is where I want to serve God. This is where I want to be discipled. And in the end, in that amount of time, I say it was the best thing ever because if I wasn't judged, I don't think I would have felt that pain. And in the future, I would have had to experience it at some time maybe. I don't know. But I thank God that we do have a church that disciplines because in that pain, you can find rebuilding and redemption. And at one point, I almost gave up and said, you know what, I, there's, no, there's no future for me. But because you've redeemed this and allowed to come back, now I can come into the house of God. I can serve God here. I know I'm in the right location, 
and I'm not just a church down the road. Praise the Lord. Excellent. Amen. And that's the aim. That's the purpose. Mary going to have a baby now, has a destiny. Who, who knows what all. Just a minute, Jennifer. Frank? Uh, when, we, uh, when me and Sarah was in Chicago, we had a lady, uh, a mother and a daughter. And the daughter was on the platform. She was singing. And, but she fornicated. And I gave her a warning. And I got off the platform. I said, don't do it again. I'm going to have to kick you out. But she did it again. So what really helped the church and us, I said, let's go tell the mother first. So we went and told the mom, I got to kick your daughter out. And the thing that blessed the church, the mom agreed and said, you know what? You got to do what you got to do, Pastor. And we kicked her out. She went down the road, did a lot of other things. But today, the mother's still in the Chicago church, and her daughter goes to the Cicero church because the mama stood still while we had to discipline her daughter. And it really helps when you discipline your children, a pastor have to do it, if the mom and daddy stand strong, because down the road, here she is, she's serving God today in another church. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of the great uh, dilemmas. Uh, uh, I haven't had much of a problem here that I can remember but some of the pastors I know out, out on the field, different ones they've had to discipline sons or daughters in the church and the parents fought them and um, uh, our sister church in Tempe, big old mess and the parents fought them uh, uh, came against them and uh, uh, sanctioned the child and the kids went on, and it was a mess. And the parents left the church, uh, and create. And, and the uh, the great blessing to me is when you trust uh, uh, my stand and my knowledge, uh, and that brings an added weight. Because what'll happen is sometimes your children they'll run to you uh, for a place of refuge against conviction. Uh, that which is their only hope at the end of the day. And I'm not just thinking about next week or next year. I'm thinking about their soul, as, as someone said, uh, for uh, Carol, I think, or someone, for eternity. I'm thinking about their soul for I'm th thinking about uh, uh, somewhere, uh, I may be gone, but somewhere they'll get right with God. And, and I so thank and appreciate every parent. And I know that's not easy. Uh, that you stand uh, and, and stand with headship, um, and I've had to do that as a parent myself, uh, stand with a headship and make hard calls uh, when it's your own flesh and blood. Uh, thank you, Frank. Yes, Jennifer. Um, one thing I noticed, too, is sometimes like discipline is hard, but you know that you can trust. You know that you can trust the pastors in this church because... Um, sin is not allowed and, and things aren't allowed, you know you can trust people in ministry. In a lot of other churches, you can't trust because everything and anything's allowed. But because of that standard, there's a security there. Yes, amen. And again, it's not like we're Sherlock Holmes going around in everybody's business, you know, and um, got this magnifying spiritual glass. We're looking for every little detail or clue. That's not it at all. Uh, but but uh, uh, you'll be amazed how God exposes people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll be, uh, it staggers my mind. Uh, 
how God orchestrates. God will give you a space to repent. And then God himself, and when God jerks the covers, it is unbelievable. George, you had your hand up. that violate, you know, uh, morality and things like that, your shame becomes your parents' shame. They have to carry that burden. It's not just you. And that's why I think why parents fight it so much because it's, they feel the pain of that shame also. But the thing is, because I've been through this with, you know, uh, different children, different times, and it's a hard thing, but you know that in the end, it's the redemption of their soul and they're making sure they make it to heaven. You know, and so the small price I pay, you know, to endure that is far worth it when I find them serving God and doing right. Yeah, in Japan, I believe it is. Some of you may have more knowledge than I do. Uh, I don't know if they still do this, but for years, if your children got in any kind of uh, problems with the police or the law, had to go to court, they would force the parents and the grandparents to go with them and have to stand up there in the courtroom and bear the weight of uh, what you're talking about, the weight of your child. That, that changes the dynamics, and especially if you live in a country where everything's face. I mean, everything is a safe face, drop face, keep face, lose face, give me face. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of face going on in that part of the world. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but, but again, the aim of this is, is that that individual at the end of the day, will be restored, redeemed uh, for eternity. And they can, and you know, the other thing, the condemnation is, is tough. I, I counsel people sometimes, and they're going through, condemnation says you're guilty and there's no hope. Uh, conviction says you're guilty, repent, God loves you, and there's hope, and you can be restored, and you have a future. Condemnation says there's no hope, though. And one of the things, when you go through discipline, that is a great uh, shield against condemnation. When the devil comes uh, and, and says, uh, there's no hope for you. You're over finished. Look what you did. And he'll try to parade your sin, your mistake, your bad decision. He say, well, that may be true, but look. I, I was disciplined, and the blood of Jesus—not just the blood of Jesus—forgives me. That's you know we know that's everything. But listen, the the church. I went through my my discipline, and so that that's like a a something I submitted to. And remember what Paul said in this: that his flesh, what this man in Corinthians, that his flesh, that his flesh may be given over to Satan. And so what happens is your, your flesh now, you paid a price in the flesh that you paid, and that's a, that's a very strong deterrent. Yes. I um, just have to, like a short little testimony. Um, for me, it's, it, discipline was like a really more of an appreciation and a gratefulness for, um, for standards and righteousness because growing up I didn't really have that. And so... Being able to see, like, even God, like, and there's been times where I've had, like, as being newly saved and, like, I something happened to me. And I was like, why is this happening? Because it didn't really seem fair. But at the same time, as it happened, I learned that if, if it was just a slap on the wrist and God had taken it out of my life, it probably, I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have found uh, inner responsibility or gratefulness for um, 
I would say the reason I went through it. It wouldn't be like, it wouldn't have been the same. I would have just been like, oh, okay. It, it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have looked at the situation like, what, it, what can I learn from this and take away from this? And um, so I just feel like it just brings a great appreciation for authority and, you know, even God in, the, well, in that matter. Yeah, discipline is a, is a, a reflection of love. Uh, let me read again, Hebrews 12, verse 5. Have you, and you have forgotten that exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastising, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? or correct, or discipline. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us. We paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so I'm, I'm a number of hands still up. Um, I need to close. Bill, hold it for next week. Uh, Israel, hold it for next week. Who else had their hand up? Uh, but but this, is, this is the aim, this is the purpose of this. God bless you. Thank you this morning.